Hey everybody out in podcast land, it's David coming at you with another podcast. It's been a little bit, about a week since the last podcast, but we've been really busy with services and outreach. So today I'm going to give you something exciting to think about for the next, uh, well, at least 30 lessons. I'm going to get into something, the tabernacle. So the next 30 podcasts or more, it depends on how I break them up, but we're going to be discussing the tabernacle. I pulled out an old Pentecostal Bible study um, book that I have, and it's a large one. It's a binder, and it's got tons and tons of different Bible studies in it. And I've been wanting to teach on the tabernacle. So this is going to be something I think we're going to dive into starting from this podcast. I'm going to use it as an opener, and then we'll go from there. So right after word from our sponsors, we'll get right into some of this teaching. God bless. Hey, welcome back. So our tabernacle lesson is at least 30 lessons in this study we're doing, and they're pretty big, but I'm going to break them down so they're even smaller, so that way they can be in a podcast for you to enjoy throughout the day, whenever you want to listen to. So I'm going to go over some of the lessons that the 30 lessons encompass, and I will be tailoring them and changing them the way I do my things. So let's talk about these. The first one is going to be the purpose of the tabernacle, then the outer court, the order of the camp, the priesthood, tabernacle typology, the materials and the workers, the boards, the bars, the foundations, the coverings. Then we're going to get into the pins and the cords, the pillars, the furniture and the shadows of the cross. That's what they represent. The brazen altar, the brazen laver, the ark of the covenant, the altar of incense, the candlesticks and the showbread, the veil, the rending of the veil. Then we get into the consecration of the priest, the garments of the priest, the mitre of the golden plate, the ringing of the golden bells, the five offerings, and the day of atonement. So these are going to be the lessons we're going to dive into. Today is just kind of an opener, what we're going to get into and talk about uh, the launching of the purpose of the tabernacle. And we'll keep it kind of short today just to get you interested into what's coming, not to put a lot of information out there. And then we're going to get right into the different parts of the tabernacle. Okay, as we continue on, the purpose of the tabernacle. The tabernacle provides one of the most interesting and profitable studies in all of the Old Testament. And we can agree upon that, folks. We can appreciate its importance when we consider that nearly 12 chapters in Exodus are given to its description. So the Bible devotes 12 chapters to the existence of the tabernacle. The Lord cautioned Moses to make every detail exactly as he commanded, for each part was to represent some truth precious to the heart of every believer. The two main purposes of the tabernacle, which we shall consider in the first lesson, this lesson that we're talking about today, guys, out there, of this series are that it fulfilled God's desire to dwell among his people and its furnishings as the, with types and figures to illustrate God's truth. And we know that the tabernacle is a great representation of Jesus Christ, the church, the believers, things like that. So as you read the tabernacle, you think it's an old-fashioned thing, but we're going to see as we get into this, the spiritual side of it, 
the application of it that we can use in our walk with God to further ourselves. And these were shadows of things to come, folks. You know that God desires to dwell with us and his people. He, de- he desires that more than anything. And the Lord clearly stated his own purpose in Exodus 25, 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The grace of God is exhibited at the very outset of this study. For it was certainly his unmerited favor that made a holy God willing to dwell among a sinful people and devise a plan whereby this would be possible. So God loved us so much, guys out there, ladies and gentlemen, that he made a plan that he could take his holy nature, his holy self, this presence of who he is, and make an exception to dwell with sinful people because he desired to be with us so much. The tabernacle in the wilderness and the tabernacle temple of Solomon. You know, you always hear these two different things. You, and sometimes it gets confusing, especially when preachers are preaching or you hear it in um, just regular talk. And sometimes we kind of put them together and we forget that they're two different things. The temple of Solomon was built on the same plain plan as the tabernacle and contained the same articles of furniture. But it was a permanent instead of a temporary structure. And this structure far exceeded the tabernacle and the glory and splendor. So we know that the Temple of Solomon was beautiful. And whenever you read about it, how great it looked. So while Israel was on the march, it was necessary that they have a building that they could carry easily from one place to another. And God had specific plans for that. Exodus 29:43 through 45, if you want to read in your own Bibles and read this together with your friends or family in your house, it records God's promises to dwell with Israelites in the tabernacle. Solomon made a similar statement concerning the temple. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide forever, 1 Kings 8:13. But we know that that was not really the plan of God because his plan was to dwell inside of you and I not just be put into a building. And this is something I will weave through our lessons is how the modern day church has turned the structure of the building into the dwelling of God, which has never been his plan. You and I are the plan of God to walk around and to teach God, people about God, to live the life so that God can dwell inside of our hearts and move around with us. He wants to be with you and I every day, all times, not be in a building you go to once or twice a week, and worship inside of a building, but to let God be inside you. You are the temple, folks. We are the temple. So let's get into the next part here. So the first part that is in this lesson we're talking about is the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple of Solomon. So number two is Jesus Christ. God next dwelt among people in the person of his son for 33 and a half years. The word which was God, John 1.1, was made flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. The word dwelt in Greek literally means tabernacled. So we know that Jesus' flesh was the tabernacle also. The human temple of Christ then was God's tabernacle, his dwelling place among people. He was the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. Hebrews 8, 2. God's dwelling place was no longer a house of wood and gold, but a house of flesh and bones, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know Hebrews 10, 5 says this and if you want more bible study material today go to john 14 9 through 10 second corinthians 5 19 colossians 1 15 verse 19 also chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 
So if you read any of these today, it will help you understand about the Jesus Christ was also the tabernacle of God. So let's go to number three today, the church. God next dwelt in the church through the Holy Spirit given to each of his members. When the tabernacle of his son ascended into heaven, Acts 1.9, his followers were lonely, for God no longer dwelt among them. The Lord promised before he went away, however, that he would not leave them alone, but would come to dwell in them. For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So 2 Corinthians 6, 16 gives more on this. God's spirit-filled people are now his tabernacle. You can also read verse chapter John 14, 16 through 17, Romans 8, 11, 2 Corinthians 5, 1. So the tabernacle provides types of Christ and of the church. So that's where we are now. We're no longer in Moses' time, so we're in the church age now. And I'm just going to briefly go over a few things here because this is just the introduction of the purpose of the tabernacle. And then we'll get into more of the details. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is in connection with point two, so we know that point two is Jesus Christ. God will dwell among his people in the person of the glorified Christ through the millennium and in all eternity. So eventually it will come back to the point where Jesus will be here on earth for a thousand years and through all eternity right we see jesus dwelling in the midst of people during the millennium in isaiah 32 1 jeremiah 23 5 and zechariah chapter 2 10 through 11 we see god dwelling with humanity through eternity in the person of the glorified christ in revelation 7 15 21 3 also chapter 22 4 and chapter 21 verses 22 so if you go back to these scriptures I'm reading, you can pause them and go. I'm giving you a lot of information, but I don't want to talk about it. I want you to do your own personal study if you can, and it will help you out into our next lesson. So behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verses 22. So Revelations 21, 3, and then also if you get into Revelations 22, these chapters, you can read the whole chapters and it kind of gives you a more of a insight. But if you go to verse 22 in Revelations 21, I believe it is, he speaks of the tabernacle, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. With a singular verb in Greek, these terms apply to one person. For when Revelations 22, 3 through 4 describes the throne of God and the Lamb, it is careful to use singular pronoun for him, his servants, shall see his face and his name shall be in their forehead so the emphasis was added on him his so we know that it's singular there's no more than one person so we know that jesus is god they're one person the flesh was used as the tabernacle of the presence of god just like your flesh is used for the tabernacle of god through the holy spirit when he fills you so we know that th this is how god works this is how he chose to work and the bible is full of these ideas and verses to help you understand them so the tabernacle provides types of christ and the church so the writer of hebrews referred to the worship in the tabernacle as a figure for the time then present hebrews 9 9 hebrews 9 24 explains that christ the true high priest is not entered into the holy place made with hands 
which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. The tabernacle is not only a type of the person of Lord Jesus, but each piece of furniture is also an object lesson, describing some phase of Christ's work for humanity. So you can look at Hebrews 9.2, 9.11, and also chapter 10, verse 1. That the tabernacle and the temple are both types of Jesus, it is clearly shown by a number of statements made in regard to the temple in 1 Kings 8, 27 through verse 30. So if you read 1 Kings chapter 8, 27 through 30, you will see this regarding the temple. So I'm going to hit these points here and then we'll conclude with this because I gave you a lot of stuff to study and I want you to actually go back and look at some of these if you have a chance. Number one, it was a house where God chose to place his name. If you go to verse 29, so 1 Kings 8, 29 says, The body of Jesus was the temple where Jehovah placed his name. I am come in my father's name, John 5, 43 says that. That the Son of God was given God's own name is made plain for the he obtained it in inheritance. Being made so much more than angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That's Hebrews 1.4. So look those up. So the second point I want to make is men were to pray toward the temple. Okay, so you were, you were supposed to pray toward the temple. And hearken thou to thy supplication of thy servant and of the people Israel when they shall pray toward this place. 1 Kings 8.30. So it illustrates that we are to pray towards that place. So if Jesus is the dwelling place of God, that's where we pray. That's what we do in Jesus' name. That's how we pray. So no man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14.6. It is the face of Jesus Christ that we behold the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. So the third point I want to make this evening. Although God dwelt in the temple, his entire being was not contained by it. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heavens of heavens cannot obtain thee. How much less this house that I have builded. 1 Kings 8, 27. Although the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ... Colossians 2.9, meaning God's character and personality. God is an omnipresent spirit who fills the universe. So we got to know this about God. So if he's not filling the body of Jesus Christ, his presence fills everything else. But this is the mystery that's so amazing about Jesus. The same presence that can fill everything. He chose to fill himself in the body of Jesus and became lower than the angels. He gave up everything. So he put his trust in his word and became lower than the angels, and then gave himself over to men and women, Mary and Joseph, to handle him, being all God in the body of a baby. That's amazing right there, baby of Jesus Christ. So the tabernacle is also a type of God's plan of salvation. The sacrifices in the courtyard showed that God could not dwell in the midst of a sinful people except on the basis of blood atonement. In God's plan of salvation, no sinner can approach God unless he trusts in the blood of his Savior alone as atonement for his sins. We shall also consider in the following lessons a number of ways in which the tabernacle typifies the church and its members. So we'll get into more of this as we go along in our lesson here. And I hope you enjoy the lessons of the tabernacle as we dive more into it in our coming lessons. And with that, God bless.
Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast today. I know I put a lot of verses out there, but I hope you take time to pause it and to, or write them down and then look them up for yourself to see what the Bible says. Appreciate you all listening to me. I appreciate my sponsors out there, and I hope this is going to become a great blessing to you as we dive into the pages of the Bible and learn about the tabernacle in a way you may have never heard it before. And with that, God bless.